Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm your host, Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you guys about the mysterious death of Mario Amato. So grab yourself some coffee and let's dive in. continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for our patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com slash crime over coffee pod thank you again for all of your support in june 1992 49 year old joe amato his 29-year-old brother, Mario, and their girlfriend left Los Angeles to head to Rosarito Beach in Mexico, which is a popular resort that is just about 35 miles south of San Diego. They arrived in Rosarito Beach just a little after one o'clock in the morning on June 6, 1992. At the time, they were staying at a condo that was owned by a relative of Mario's girlfriend. Her name, I believe, is Patty. They refer to her in some things as Paula, but in other things they refer to her as Patty. From my understanding, Paula was a fake name for her, though. Joe and his girlfriend, Debbie Larson, had obviously agreed to come along. And so the four of them were going to be staying there for a few days. When they first got there, they immediately broke out tequila and just started partying and having fun. At around 4 a.m., Joe was finally feeling tired, so him and Debbie decided to go to bed. But around 7 o'clock in the morning, they woke up to the sound of Mario and Patty arguing. Mario ended up coming into Joe's room and telling him that he was really wanting to leave because Patty's driving him nuts and he just didn't want to stay there with her anymore. Joe's like, go to bed. He knew that they'd been drinking, so he figured that there was just probably something going on that way. But he also knew that Mario really liked Patty. And so Debbie was kind of concerned, though because of that that she's like unless something really serious is going on it wouldn't make sense for mario to just want to leave either way mario and patty agree and they just go back to bed to figure it out later late the next morning when they all get up mario and patty seem to be getting along better and joe said that they seemed happy nothing appeared to be wrong so mario said that he was going to go to the bar for a little bit and joe and debbie decided to take a drive along the coast of Baja, California, and they left for the rest of the afternoon. Mario and Patty were still at home together at the condo that Patty's family owned. Then around 4.30 that afternoon, police officers receive a report that Mario had hit Patty. When they arrive, she declines to file any sort of assault charges, but does sign a complaint against him because he was being drunk and disorderly. The police do arrest him for public drunkenness, and disorderly conduct and take him to the police station. There he's placed in a holding cell, but he's not actually being charged with a crime at this time. They just tell him that they're going to hold him so that he can sober up, he'll pay a fine, and then they'll let him go. Just a couple hours later, around 6.30, Joe and Debbie get back to their condo. When they get there, there's nobody there and they're really confused as to where Patty and Mario are. They go to get the key from under the mat and they realize that the key is also missing. So they start looking around 
And there was a maid there that was from the condo that tells them, you know, there were some issues a few hours ago. I don't know exactly what happened, but police showed up. So Debbie's like, well, we need to get inside. So she crawls through a window to get inside the condo and they notice broken glass in the kitchen. And then immediately after arriving, four police officers show up and they're like, hey, do you know where Patty is? And Joe and Debbie were like, we could check the bar next door, but we're not really sure. Like we just got home. So Debbie and Joe and the officers all head over to the bar and they're searching for Patty, but they don't find her in the bar. So they're just kind of waiting for her to return home. At this time, Joe still doesn't know where Mario is. He's just assuming she's probably out with Patty somewhere. It wasn't until later that night, Patty gets back to the condo. She acts as though nothing's wrong. Joe and Debbie were like, glad to know where you are, but like, where's Mario? She tells him she doesn't know where he's at. Leaves out the fact that he was arrested a couple hours ago. A little suspicious. It's honestly very suspicious because why would you not tell them? Like they're in, technically they're in another country at the moment. It would be important. You think it'd be important to discuss the fact that Joe's brother is in jail. Two hours after Patty gets home, a group of detectives arrives and Joe's still not sure where Mario's at. Doesn't know that he's been arrested. It's like asks them, you know, where my brother is. And they're like, yeah, we do. Your brother was arrested earlier today, but he's now dead. And we need you to come to the police station to identify his body. At first, Joe thinks that police had probably made a mistake. He was really confused because, like I said, he didn't even know that Mario had been arrested in the first place. So he was missing a lot of details. And the fact that he was now dead in jail was probably a lot to come to terms with all within the span of a few minutes. I would imagine there'd probably be some denial there. Was Patty around at this point? You know, I don't know if she was or not. I like it only talks about I could only find stuff about Joe going to identify Mario, which I assume is because they're brothers and like it's legal family, whereas Patty was just a girlfriend at the time. So Joe willingly goes with the detectives to the police station. They show him photos of Mario lying on the concrete floor of the jail cell, and he does identify that that is in fact his brother. In the photos, you can see that Mario's laying with his eyes closed. He's only wearing pants and his sweater isn't on. It's also weird that they had him identify photos and not Mario. The actual body. Yeah. The actual body is what I was trying to say. But yes, I thought that was strange as well. Unless, because, okay, so what detectives say is that sometime after 5 p.m., Mario tied one end of his sweater around his neck and the other end of his sweater on the cell door and then hung himself. But that was after 5 p.m., just around that time. And we're talking about probably 10 o'clock at night by the time he's getting in there to identify his brother, if not later. So I'm assuming that they've already removed the body from the jail, but you'd think that they'd then take him to the corner. There's a lot of things that aren't adding up. Yeah, that's definitely an odd, odd... Odd occurrences overall. Yeah. The other thing that was kind of strange is the bar on the door that that Mario supposedly hung himself from was only three feet off of the ground. So there was a lot of question about how he could have hung himself from there. The detective just said, you know, he was really drunk. He was really heavy. It could have happened. I've definitely heard of um, a similar thing in jail where you kind of like you you're not hanging. You're more like leaning Yeah, I've heard of that before. So Joe starts asking questions because he doesn't believe that his brother would have just killed himself at this point. And he was like, is there was there anybody in the jail that could have stopped him from hanging himself? 
and the detective said that everybody was asleep. The four officers that were in there at the time were all sleeping at 5.30 in the evening. Also, you're supposed to take anything that you could harm yourself with. (laughs) Technically, yes. I think a sweater is kind of hard because, you know, that's their clothing. But still, why are all the officers sleeping at 530 in the afternoon and none of them are watching any of the cells? I mean, and obviously, I don't know how it works in this area, but that seems very odd and very, like, lackadaisical way of keeping Mm -hmm. track of your prisoners. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's like negligent almost, Mm -hmm. you know? Unfortunately, Joe has to come back to the United States without any real answers and without his brother because the Mexican authorities refused to release the body until after they had completed their specific autopsy. Within a week, they completed their autopsy and the cause of death was listed as loss of oxygen to the brain as the result of a hanging. And they said specifically that Mario had hung himself. Joe said that... He remembered one of the Mexican doctors who had looked at Mario's body had told him at one point that Mario also had internal injuries that could indicate that he had been in a fight at some point. So between Joe's suspicions that Mario would never commit suicide and then the possibilities that in the indicators based on the injuries in his body that he could have been in a fight, Joe is out to find answers and figure out what actually happened to his brother. Well, sure. And then you got to wonder if because the police officers are being so sketched, like what if they beat him up and he ended up dying from it or they knew he was going to. And so they implemented this other cover up where he committed suicide. Absolutely. There's just a lot of questions at this point Mm -hmm. and things that aren't adding up to what Mexican authorities are telling Joe. So, Joe is like, I'm going to put all my time and effort into this. And so he makes signs. He stands at the border. He's emailing people in Mexico and in the United States. He's just trying to get anybody who could help him to get the attention of this case. He is finally able to get in touch with Congressman Howard Berman, who says that he's willing to help. He's willing to give any sort of advice and look into things. So Congress Berman gets a hold of the autopsy report and confirms that it says that he had hung himself with his own sweater. He did say, though, that anytime there's a report from a local foreign authority stating that a prisoner killed himself, it's always crucial to look at it kind of suspiciously because it's another country. He also said that suicide by hanging is the oldest excuse for a jail murder that's ever been given. Congressman Berman and Joe worked to get Mario's body returned back to the United States. And very quickly, once he's back, Joe hires an independent pathologist to conduct a second autopsy. The autopsy comes back saying that the internal injuries to Mario's liver very strongly pointed to the fact that he had been punched in the upper abdomen. The report stated that because of such injuries, the victim would not have been able to hang himself. The pathologist also said that the injuries indicated that he most likely passed out or went into shock due to the internal bleeding from his injuries prior to even being able to hang himself. Wow. I mean, I guess I don't know how hard do you have to be hit for that kind of injury to occur, I wonder. I I don't know. Probably very hard, I would assume. Like maybe even kicked. Mm -hmm. What they decide is that Mario was most likely beaten and then hung or choked with something other than his sweater to make it look like a suicide. The autopsy specifically had come back saying that the marks around his neck were inconsistent with a sweater and actually showed that it was probably a thin cord or a rope 
There were also shoulder and back abrasions as well as a scalp hemorrhage that were inconsistent with suicide. There were multiple different things that were going against the Mexican autopsy that had been completed. And it's believed that Mario may have been dragged into a cell and then he was hung by somebody else. The L.A. County coroner reviewed both autopsies and came back and determined that Mario had, in fact, been murdered. Another disturbing thing in this case is that Mexican authorities violated an international agreement that they had where they didn't contact the U.S. consulate as quickly as possible following his death. Congressman Berman believes that this is because they were covering the whole thing up and they needed time to do that. Yeah, it sounds like they were definitely covering for something. But what's interesting to me is what was Patty's involvement? See, and that's something that I never fully understand. And I don't know if there had been some sort of because Patty was from that area that it was her family's condo. Yeah, I I don't want to speculate too much because there's nothing about it. But did she want to get him arrested for one reason or another? Or was she somehow involved or knew someone or yeah, that's really because her how she's acting is kind of weird, too. But I guess at the same time, he supposedly hit her and gets picked up for it. You know, maybe she's just like having this trauma from it. And so she doesn't discuss how he's in jail. You know, there's so many levels of emotional like distress with that kind of situation. And then for one reason or the other, the cops just beat the crap out of him. (laughs) It is really suspicious the way that Patty was acting Mm -hmm. in this instance. Eventually, Congressman Berman contacts the president of Mexico at the time, Carlos Salinas de Gortari. And Carlos promises that he's going to reopen the investigation. So in January of 1993, his body was exhumed for another autopsy. On May 8th, 1993, this autopsy comes back indicating that Mario was, in fact, murdered. This is on the Mexico side now. They're finally agreeing. Oh, okay. So a couple months later, on May 8th, 1993, 35-year-old Jose Antonio Virginia Dusco Flores is arrested and charged with the murder of Mario. Oh. Believe it or not, he was a police officer assigned uh, to the jail that Mario was in. Okay, okay. I was like, who, how, when, what? Yeah. There were actually two witnesses in the jail at the time that were in a cells nearby that said Mario had argued with and insulted him, and then he angrily entered the cell, and they heard a loud sound that sounded like a hit. They heard Mario cry out in pain. And then not long after Mario was found dead. Mm. And you might get into this, but did they look into the other people that were part of the cover up to charge them? I didn't see any sort of charges that went against them. They believe that there were probably other officers that had something to do with this murder and the cover up, obviously, but to the extent is not necessarily known. I unfortunately don't have good news for you, even with the information that I've given you. They also find that Jose and a couple other officers claimed that Jose didn't get to work until after Mario was found dead. So even though there were witnesses saying that Jose was there at the time of the murder, Jose said, I wasn't there at that time. 
he said that the witnesses were framing him because he'd arrested them. Yep. And who's going to believe somebody who's been arrested over cops? That's really unfortunate. So they look into it and they're like, nope, he provided a really convincing alibi. It's airtight. But there were a couple things that were inconsistent. And so anyways, they do end up holding a trial in 1996 for Jose. And they do find him guilty during this trial. He's sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. But four months later, in May of 1996, an appeals court overturns the conviction and he's released. So he basically got away with murder. Yeah, he absolutely did. And Mexican law says that he cannot be tried again because it was appealed. Same thing. I mean, United States law is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I understand why that's in place, but that's really unfortunate that the appellate court didn't, you know, that it went that way, his appeal. I agree completely. Unfortunately, in 1995, Mario's father passes away and doesn't ever get any answers. Joe is still actively searching and trying to get any sort of answers or any sort of closure in this case, but they haven't there hasn't been anything else like i said jose can't be charged again joe and debbie did get married eventually they are still together i don't know anything else about patty and unfortunately this case is still unsolved to this day thanks to listening to this week's episode of crime over coffee you can find us on instagram at crime over coffee or on facebook at crime over coffee podcast where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found you can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepot at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>